everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. Are you open today or are you just doing, Hello, have you been doing classes? No, we've been doing staff training today. So we've had all the people, all of our staff in our bank club in, in the morning. We ran through all the health and safety, all the guidelines, all the restrictions, all the processes. We then left them to deep clean for three hours, shot across the city to Victoria, where we did the same in Victoria. We've oh, also wow. had we've all had the, the COVID antibody test. And? Today. Uh, so I have, I have antibodies, but <gasps> so when? So, well, not, not really. So they were like, you've had, you've had COVID, but it oh. wasn't, but it wasn't in the last seven months. How weird. So yeah. So, so the only thing I can imagine is that I was really sick at Christmas. So I had like flu and I've never had flu in my life. And I had flu for the first time properly between Christmas and New Year. And yeah. I think that's what it must have been. I reckon that's it too. My friend had it in January and she was so funny. We were at Soho Farmhouse and she was like, I can't taste anything. I've had this like weird bug. Yeah. She was like, can't taste anything. Can't smell anything. It's so fucking weird. Like I just feel like shit all the time. Like it's so weird. I don't know what it is. And then obviously like two months later, COVID hit and she was like, oh my God, I've had it. So, um, yeah, so I had, I had a very, very faint line of the antibodies, but they said it was, I would have had it a long time ago. Which is oh, weird. so that's scary. Cause does that mean the antibodies, like you're going to lose? Well, yeah, if yeah, they're so going they're... like down and down, does that mean that you could catch it again? Potentially. Yeah. So what they say is they say that the, if your antibody levels decrease as in the, the, the load of the virus obviously kicked up a, an uh, immune system response. And that obviously, the amount of antibodies you have in your system decreases over time. But what, you, what your body has is the, the T cells almost have like muscle memory. So oh, if wow. you, have the, you have had the virus and you fought off the virus, um, a bit like muscle memory when you go back to the gym, like you do, you do sort of rebound and then should be able to fight it and develop the immunity quicker. Okay, this is amazing. But we have to. We actually have to like let's start the recording because I actually want to talk about this on there. Oh, so I we'll do like recording, but oh, fab. Oh, okay, fine. So okay, let's. Okay, so let's start there. So everybody, this is Sean. Sean, this is everybody. You guys have met. I'm guessing multiple yeah. times, right? Yeah, yeah, and um, we, we first met in Germany at FIBO in would have been 2011, 2012. Yeah, long time long ago. Time. Who were you working with? Right. Reflex. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You go way back. You go way back. I even um, to, which gym did I come see you at? Your first one? The city, the bank one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so the reason we wanted Sean on, and Sean, the reason we wanted you on is because obviously the gyms are opening tomorrow. Yay! Yay. gyms 
Um, and like obviously, they're not opening in Scotland, but I'll just oh. be excited for you guys. Yeah, <laughs> pretend that you're really excited. It doesn't, it doesn't affect you either way, Emma, because you need to. You I need, need to, to rest. Be, yeah, you need to rest. Um, so basically, Sean owns two gyms. Is it two gyms? Two gyms. Yeah, and he's a bodybuilding G. Um, anyone who's listened to my podcast will have heard him talking about um, all things muscle on there. And we thought it was just the perfect guest to have on. So I know you're super busy. Um, thank you so much for coming on. Um, so I guess... Thanks for having me. It's been, no. it's been really good to uh, finally get on the, uh, on the show. Yeah, on the UC method. So the first, me and Emma have loads of questions for you. Um, and I think we only have 40 minutes before the Zoom meeting chucks us out. So uh, the first question that I wanted to ask you, and then I'll let Emma go after me, is what can people expect going back into the gym after this? What's going to be the same? What's going to be different? Um, and what are you guys doing as a gym to make sure you're ticking all the boxes? Sure. So there's a lot of um, guidelines that have been passed down from the WHO via UK Active, who is kind of the governing body for, for fitness and for gyms in the UK. So there are a few things that uh, came into effect from today. So um, the use of face masks in confined spaces is now heavily advised. So if you go into a shop, or you go into uh, somewhere like, like a gym reception, which is closed, um, some people will be asking you to, to wear face coverings or face masks. So for both of our gyms, what we have in place is we have uh, a, a policy of where you have to enter the building wearing a, a face covering, similar, yeah. similar to like you have to do on public transport. Um, we then have uh, safety screens at reception so that our staff are... Uh, screened and our members are separated by the screens we then do a quick temperature check if they pass the temperature check we then say to them you can remove your mask or you can continue to wear your mask at, at your discretion so oh. we've had a lot of questions about face masks and in training. training in face masks and the WHO guidelines are in fact to not wear a face mask whilst training so anything which is going to involve an elevated breath rate, so anything that you're going to be breathing in a, in a harder and faster way than you normally would, wearing a face mask and the moisture content of that mask, if your breathing is increased, actually is worse in terms of spreading the, the, the COVID pathogens and the, the droplets, because as soon as the mask becomes wet or damp or moist through the heavy breathing, then it almost becomes redundant, but actually that then becomes almost like a little breeding ground for, yeah. um, for COVID. So the saying that the advice is that um, if you're training, you should not be wearing a mask. That's so that's, a number, that's kind of the first thing. Yeah. I would think like initially like, right, well, I mean, it's going to be hard to wear a mask, but I should, and that's the right thing to do. So that's actually quite important information to be like, actually when you are breathing heavy, when you are training. Yeah, this, and it's this, such a relief. Yeah, yeah, this is just guidelines from the WHO. So this is what they're suggesting. From our point of view as a business, we are we are leaving it up to the discretion of the member because we don't we also don't want to be in a position where we tell somebody to not wear a mask and if they, they feel comfortable and it would be within their comfort zone to um, to wear a mask when they train, especially if they're not necessarily heavy breathing. We'll give them the information and then they can, they can make their own mind up with regards to that. Um, some of the other changes that you'll see when you go into a gym, 
um, there might the equipment should be be more spaced out so social distancing measures and markers should be in place for a meter plus ruling so um, the core center of the the body or the equipment should be at least a meter separated from the core body or the center of the next piece of equipment um, some have protective screens in between and boxing in equipment it, it's not essential but some some companies that so we we've installed them in our gyms just to give that member confidence then there will be um, a massive emphasis on cleaning so sanitization stations are everywhere so almost between every other piece of equipment there is blue roll and spray guns with anti-back and antiviral cleaners in it um what else is there you're not allowed to have sweat towels oh yeah because so, so like towels towel. are breeding grounds for bacteria anyway aren't they i remember reading that somewhere and being like how ironic <laughs> so you're allowed so you're allowed you're allowed towels in the changing rooms. So you're allowed mm. bath towels and shower towels in the changing rooms, but you're not allowed any towels on the gym floor. It has to be replaced by blue roll, which is that. Yeah. Um, and spraying. So you have to use Sorry, the I was just imagining like no towels in the changing rooms, like just air dry yourself. <laughs> or blue roll. <laughs> Naked bodies everywhere. Oh yeah, blue roll. Sticking to you. Just blue roll sticking everywhere. So they're <laughs> kind of, if we're breaking it down long and short of it, they're the main changes that you will see in, in a gym. You might be asked to wear a mask on, on a, upon entry. You might be temperature checked. You might have to give track and trace information if you're not a member. Um, social distancing will be enforced. Equipment will be spread out. Sometimes screens will be in, in place. There'll be a much greater emphasis placed on cleaning and uh, you won't be able to use sweat towels. That's kind of the long and short. Are you limiting the amount of people that come in? Or your gyms are quite like top of the range. Yeah, we're quite we're quite bougie. We're yeah. um we we we're never um we're never overcrowded anyway. Guys, so it's not a pure gym. It's not it's not a pure gym in terms of our business model. So people pay a little bit more, and there's a little bit less of them. So what that means is the the guidelines suggest that it's one person per hundred square feet. So yeah. a lot of the bigger gyms, your gym boxes, your third spaces, your pure gyms, even your anytime fitnesses, those sort of stuff, you have to book an appointment to, to use the gym. Ah. We're, in a position, we're in a position where um, our current site, so the one I'm in now, we could have 70 people in here to, to still meet the requirements. I think the maximum amount of people we've ever had in here is like 30. And that was a peak time, full membership, busy time but you, like you will probably get an or but this is the next question really like how do you see the fitness industry going from this so like do you expect tomorrow you'll get a load of people because everyone's like i've not been for so long i really want to go or do you think you're going to have more people thinking i'm gonna because a lot of my clients are like i'm gonna wait a week yeah and just see what happens because like come on we've been off the gym for how long now another week i think that's their mindset whereas I would say there's maybe 30% thinking that and then 70% thinking I'm going to be queuing up to like waiting for the doors yeah. to open. So I think um, from our point of view, we are a very, we're a very central London gym. So both of our gyms are in sort of prime central London real estate, which isn't very residential. So it being a Saturday tomorrow, which is the first kind of day that we open, um, we imagine it being very quiet. We think that, not only are people not um, sort of 
returning to work right away. So a lot of our members and clients, um, I would say at least 30% aren't returning to work this year. Yeah. So they're going to be working from home. So therefore they're not going to be coming into the gym. So our gym traffic just from a day-to-day working in London and working in the vicinity will be reduced by 30%, like day one, like right now, 30% until the end of the year. We then think there'll be probably a load of people that don't have the confidence to come out to use public transport, to be out and about safely, and to also be confident in the gym environment, to be sterile and to be clean and for the staff to be doing the right things. So I think that's probably another 25, 30%. So I imagine for those guys that are literally dying to get back, clinging on to the, to the tomorrow opening, I think they will be able to go back and get back into it and not be in a position where they're going to feel uncomfortable. I think there's going to be enough people not wanting to go to the gym over the next couple of weeks slash months that the people that do want to go should have a great experience. Yeah, I've noticed my, I, I'm a member of a few, a few gyms, I'm greedy, but I move around a lot, so I need to be a member of a few gyms, and I'm a member of David Lloyd, because because I move around a lot, it means I'm always close to a gym, and um, they converted everything, the one in London near me, converted everything about two weeks ago into like, they, they changed all the tennis courts into like an outdoor gym, and it, it looks like a little CrossFit, like nice, out, right? outside space, yeah, it's incredible, and it's like, I love it. I thought when I first went there that it would be rammed. People really yeah. are like staying away. There's like every day when I go, there's maybe two bro bodybuilders lifting, maybe a couple of like elderlies rehabbing something and one person on a cardio machine on two huge tennis courts. Yeah. Nothing. I love it because I'm like living, living the dream. And I kind of in a way don't want it to go back inside other than the fact that I obviously want the machines back in my life. But um, I'm really relieved what you said about the mask because I was thinking that I'm really going to struggle to train in a mask. But the fact that you, it's at your discretion, I think it's going to be really quiet for a while. And I actually am really happy about that. As long as no gyms go under, like, it's a say, that is from a from a gym owner's point of view that is a a bit of a concern yeah. so obviously i think i think a lot of people that are dependent on public transport to get to the gym that will be a massive dissuader so unless you can get to the gym and feel comfortable in your method of travel to get there so if you drive and you can park or you cycle and you can park or you can run and that sort of stuff i think you're more likely to use it. I think yeah. as, soon as, you, as soon as you start having problems getting to the gym, then you'll, you'll have a drop off in the amount of people using it. Um, in terms of the actual gyms themselves, the margins in, in gyms and in fitness isn't huge. So if you look at it, probably most gyms have a gross margin of between 20 to 25%. Mm-hmm. I think with the amount of people freezing their memberships and not returning this year, that revenue is gonna be hit by probably 30 to 45 percent so therefore the margin instantly goes so then you're immediately burning burning cash reserves and as soon as your staff come off furlough which as soon as you open and you bring them off furlough then you then you're sort of you have to pay the wages and all that sort of stuff and again that's a huge overhead for a lot of for a lot of gym businesses so i think the next four to six months will be a very interesting and challenging place for gym owners yeah so everybody support your your gyms Maybe we could just reduce that to five percent for the <laughs> as well. Like that seems fair. 
Yeah. yeah. We're going to be hit harder than like restaurants. Because they're already, I'm, I'm, already going, like this is 50% off. Or is it, like there has to be some help. Yeah, I agree. And, yeah, and I think, I think that's something that hopefully, I think the Chancellor has, has issued a load of stuff to help fitness businesses in the last three, four months. But I think there's a lot of businesses that would have fallen between the cracks and it's whether or not they can get the help that they need to kind of stay open over the next four to six. Because I think it's an, yeah. I think most people can bear the pain and bear the, bear the crunch on the cash flow for a short period of time. It's when that revenue is impacted for, if you're looking at six months, that's enough to put businesses under. Oh, definitely. I, James was really, really trying. James and his dad obviously opened an F45 in Bath and they were already struggling. And just as they were starting to get some traction, get some momentum and get, get, get yeah. it kind of up and away, COVID hit. And it took them so long already just to get it to a point where they weren't panicking about it anymore. Yeah. And I, I, like, I spoke to him about it this morning. He was like, I don't see how we're going to be able to stay open, but we'll give it a good old go and see how we are. But if they don't get that traction back in a matter of weeks, when I don't, I doubt that they will. Um, yeah, they're they're going to be in trouble. So everyone, if obviously it's up to you um, how safe you are, but please try and go and support your gyms because if you want them to be there next year, you really yeah, need to I would show say up. especially like smaller gyms. But like my mate owns a gym. I've not been able to go with my back anyway, but I've also like I've just been paying my membership because it's a small gym and. But, but as you say, there are businesses that fall between the lines. Like hers is actually doing really well because she got the grant for whatever. Yeah. And you're she would have had a rate for under 50 grand. And so they would have given her a oh. grant, which is, yeah, yeah. So every, so we, our rates bills in both bank and Victoria because the size of our places and obviously the rate of the value, like they're, they're quite high. So we missed out on that. So because we're almost like a medium sized business, we didn't get any help from the, from the but it's almost there. harder. So like I yeah. live in Dundee, right? The, the rent is like, I mean, you wouldn't even get like a shed in London for it, for the yeah. size of like her whole gym. And you just think like, I mean, it's good. It's obviously good for her, but it's, I don't know. I don't know what would have been a fairer way, but it doesn't seem fair that people that actually need it don't seem to be getting the help or you're getting way more help than you need. Like in terms of like, would you even have made that much money if you'd been open? Yeah. So I think, um, I think Richie Sunak, when he, when he announced all the measures said, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to save every household and we're not going to be able to save every business, but we're going to do our best to save as many as we can. And I think, you know, we can all we can all probably think of ways that we would do it slightly differently, but at the end of the day, they're doing the best they can, and they, I think they've borrowed over nearly a trillion dollars or something stupid to try and help help people out through this time. So, I think it's a bit of bit of suck em and see. We'll see what happens. Um, okay, Sean. Well, move. Okay, so let's move away from COVID and business. Well, not really from COVID. So. Another thing I wanted to ask you about your gyms reopening and gyms reopening and also the fact that you actually train and you are, a, you know, you have a fantastic physique. What would you recommend to people who were training properly? <laughs> You're laughing like, oh no, what, these no, old things? Yeah, oh, these. <laughs> um, what would you say to people who were either get, like heavily into their, their weight training um, before COVID hit or were just getting into it and have now had to kind of do either kind of at home like weighted resistance bands or body weight circuits and then now going back into the gym what advice could you give them in terms of sets and reps and and kind of 
uh, adaptations that may have happened and how to get back into training? So I think first and foremost, um, a lot of people that would have been lifting um, following a resistance program pre-lockdown, potentially if they didn't get their hands on any gym equipment and that sort of stuff, they would have had to massively shift their training. So a lot of people would have continued training, but it just would have evolved to a space which would have been more body weight training, more fitness training. So the adaptations that they would have had over the last three to four months is chances are they they are fitter than they've been before. They have more muscular endurance and they probably have a higher lactic acid threshold than potentially when they were doing more strength-based training in the gym. That has its benefits, as in you, you will return to the gym fitter and probably healthier than you were beforehand, but there will also be a, a sort of de-adaptation when it comes to strength. So you certainly need to have a look at your strength levels where you were pre-lockdown and not embrace those same levels when you come back. So you need to treat it with a little bit of caution and almost as a percentage of your maximum, take a healthy step backwards. So, you know, if you were working at 90% of your maxes pre-lockdown, you want to go back in and probably look to build up from around 60%. So keeping the volume similar to what it was pre-lockdown, but just take the intensity. So the amount of weight that you're, that you're working with, bring that down to about 60% and then look to slowly build up over the first two, three, maybe even four weeks of getting back into a resistance training program. Because the last thing you want to do is go too heavy too soon and give yourself an injury, throw your back out, do a tendon, um, anything like that, and end up having the gyms open, but you not be able to use them because you're on the physio table. Fantastic advice. What, what about the good news? Of... That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Perfect sense. I was just going to say. So the good, the good news, if you have like had to do body weight training for this period of time, is that you will get things back so much quicker because of muscle memory and because of, you'll almost get. I think you'll get like newbie gains. So if anyone oh. thinks, oh man, I've lost a load of strength or I've lost a load of muscle you'll get these newbie gains. And I actually found two really interesting studies this morning. One of them was elderly men who had strength trained. And after two years of not training, they were still 14% stronger. Which is yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's amazing. The one on women where um, they did a strength training block of 20 weeks and then they detrained for 30 weeks, which is way longer than we've been in lockdown although it doesn't seem like that, but anyway, it's way longer. <laughs> and then um, obviously they'd lost strength from that 20, from the, the 30 weeks off, but they regained all of that strength in six weeks compared to when they first built it, it took 20 weeks. And it's quite interesting because I think part of these adaptations to muscle memory are obviously things like motor neuron connections and being able to stimulate the muscle that you already have. But actually another part of it, the more hypertrophy response as opposed to the strength response is thought to be that you have more myonuclei left in those muscles and that gives you more chance or like more potential to build muscle after that. So they're like the stem cells of your muscle, which is really cool. So if you're thinking, oh, I've lost, like if you're almost demotivated to go back because you're like, I was in such good shape and now I've kind of lost it all. And you think, oh my God, it took me three years to get in that shape it's not going to take you three years to get it back. So that's always. Yeah. 
And it's also, it's also one of those things where um, I think in lockdown, and we probably, we probably all a little bit guilty of this. Um, we were probably really good for the first six weeks. We then kind of lost our way a bit for the middle six weeks. And then we kind of panicked a little bit because everybody thought, everybody thought summer was canceled. And then, yeah. and then they can just do what they want and they can eat like a dickhead. And then they realized that actually in July, which is kind of normal summertime anyway, everything's going to be back open again. So I think a lot of people have, have gone through this, this almost this undulating, self-periodizing diet regime where they they had like almost like a good diet for the first six weeks. Then they had a six week refeed slash mini bulk. <laughs> and, now, and now they're panicking their, their ass off because they realize that summer is actually still going ahead. Gyms are reopening and we can get back into it. So most people have been drilling down into a, a much more sensible sort of calorie level and paying a bit more attention to their diet. So I think, I think a lot of people have followed that journey and I think yeah. regardless of where you are in the curve now would probably be a good good point in time to start spending a bit more time looking at your nutrition and thinking in a way which is going to be if you are returning to the gym and you are returning to a, a more focused way of training to fuel that training in a in a, in a proper way rather than just continuing yeah. to be like a spaz yeah or going into the gym hung over a shit <laughs> like yeah. don't, don't do that because like exactly what sean said and it's such you made such great points there i loved it your endurance will and your fitness will likely be up you know your actual strength and ability to heave some hefty weight will likely be down and if you continue to eat like an asshole and and stay on the piss every night um your your training is going to i mean really you're gonna you're gonna have some uh catching up to do over a long period of time whereas as emma said with your muscle memory if you were training before lockdown if you go in there you start sorting out your nutrition and your hydration and you go in there with a with a view to get back up to the strength that you had pre-lockdown i reckon you'll do it inside of a couple of weeks i reckon everyone will be right back where they were and you might feel like you look smaller because you've been using your muscle potentially less. Um, but I reckon actually within a week, you'll see that you haven't lost anything once you start using that muscle again. Um, I think it's good. And then that'll be great for motivation. So yeah, I love that, that whole point about nutrition. Sort it out before you get back in there. How was your lockdown, Sean? What were you, what were you doing? What was your vibe? So nutrition-wise, it was exactly what I just described. I was pretty <laughs> good for the first six weeks. I then really got into Netflix and eating bags of crisps uh, and a beer on the sofa every evening. And what, so, were you, what were you watching on Netflix? Oh, man, I think I completed Netflix. So, so. <laughs> I think I watched everything on Netflix. So we watched, we watched loads of stuff, like loads of stuff, everything. Um, but it was, it was then a realization that I actually looked in the mirror and I was like, geez, I'm actually not in the shape where I want to be. So my weight got up to about 94 kilos which for me is quite heavy. I usually sit around 88. Um, I have been in a, in a calorie surplus since January because I started a strength training program and a strength training protocol for this year with the aim to get to a certain point around now and then go on a mini cut for, for kind of summer. So I wanted the, the energy and the calories to sustain a, a proper strength training program over the last six months. Mm. And That's then I set crazy. myself... We have like so many women in this group and they sort of think, oh, you can do six weeks of strength and then I'll do six weeks fat loss, six weeks. And like, that's what you need to think about. A six month 
focus yeah. Yeah. on being well, in a full month. year. Yeah. And yeah, to yeah, give you an idea. Part. Yeah, to give you an idea, I I was in a calorie surplus for six months for the first time in probably five years. And I added 50 kilos to both my squat and my deadlift max. Nice. Wow. So I added 100, 100 pounds to both my squat and my deadlift and 50 pounds to my bench. So it's, mm. and I've definitely put on muscle because I then, I then got to a point six weeks, uh, sorry, three weeks ago where I said, okay, I now need to do a mini cut for summer. And I put myself back into a deficit of, I think 250 calories. So not even a, not even a massive deficit. And I dropped four and a half kilos in three weeks. Very good. I'm threaded again. Like, and now I'm just kind of like, okay, I didn't need, I didn't need six weeks to do my cut. I'm already kind of where I want to be. I'm back down to 88 kilos and it's, and I'm happy with it. So I'll just now take my foot back off the gas and go back up to maintenance. So I'm so happy that you said that as well, because we had a lot of girls come into our group who were on like crazy, crazy calories looking for fat loss. And we were like, okay, we can't do anything with you here. So we're going to have to actually increase your calories. You're going to have to like focus more on your, your training, what you can do at home, get that all sorted. And every single week throughout the plan, they were like, can I go into fat loss now? Can I go into fat loss now? We're like, no, no, no. And thankfully they've stuck with us. We've got most of them back up to just higher than maintenance. And guys, this is why you, because then when you do go into your fat loss phase, you will finally start to get the results that you weren't getting before when you completely stalled and you're basically starving yourself. So you're doing it the right way and you have to treat your body well. And Emma's right. You need to think of it. And like, for him, I always think like, what do I want to achieve this year? with my body and you work backwards from there um, and have a great plan. Emma, I'm happy to jump into the questions we've been sent. Do you have anything else you want to ask Sean? Uh, no, I'm good. Although it says this meeting has been upgraded by the host and now includes unlimited minutes. Oh, okay. Oh, good. They, they, Zoom were obviously aware of the absolute gold content we were creating. for just Literal gold. We're like the Aryan race on here. I know. <laughs> Mine's a bit so greasy, but it's, it is blonde, I promise you. Oh, your hair is fantastic. I'm very, James is so jealous of your hair. When he did, he did your podcast recently, didn't he? He did, yeah. Yeah, he and did, he yeah. was like, oh, look at it. He was like, I'm so jealous of his hair. I was like, oh, The one thing I've too. got, I've got nothing else apart from hair. <laughs> um, okay, so we actually, I put up um, a post today and I said to our uh, clients, do you have any questions? For Sean the Lion. Um, did you do? Um, did you do like online stuff for your clients, or did you sort of just? Did they have like their own well, stuff? Gym for my yeah. for my one on one clients. Oh well, I get, I didn't. So do you still do one to one coaching as well as manage? Yeah. Gyms? Wow. So um, we we pivoted really hard. So as soon as we realized that we were going to have to be closed and it was going to be for a significant period of time we actually developed an online training platform online training and nutrition platform to provide um custom home workouts and custom nutrition plans so we did that in about three and a half weeks so the first three and a half four weeks of lockdown we were just literally grinding so hard to um to basically get an online platform together and then we rolled it out to all of our members for free during lockdown to encourage them not to either cancel their membership or freeze their membership, um, which, which was really good. And we had, we, you know, a large percentage of them signed up 
And then as soon as we open, it becomes an additional paid service. So we, we managed to pivot really hard. Excuse me, someone's just started hoovering in the background. Can I just go and tell them to stop hoovering? Yeah, we can't hear it though, but yeah. You can't hear it? No, I can't hear it, me, but I swear it's Let me close going. the door, let me close the door. <laughs> it's not me. Oh wait, that, I thought it was that sound from above again. <laughs> oh, my mum in the shower. <laughs> Right, okay. okay that's probably a bit better. You might be able to hear the hoovering in the gym. No, we at, least you know the gym at least you know the gym's clean. Um, okay. Deep cleaning. Yeah, so we, we pivoted pretty hard as a gym and managed to um, put out an online platform within four weeks that had a really good uptake from, from our members. Um, personally, I, I would have a check-in call once a week with my private clients and my personal clients just to make sure that they're okay. Half of those went on to the online platform that the gym had, and then some was was more of a case of just checking in and making sure they're not eating like idiots and, and just basically keeping happy, safe, fit, all that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah. you like hiding the Doritos in the beer under the sofa and being like, "Now listen, I want you to stay on track with your diet." <laughs> do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but at least you can say that. I mean, I we I had to have a chat the other day because you know I love a drink, and I've been like, you know, I'm really open about it. Like, well, I don't hide it at all. And we we had quite a few people who were like, "I'm I'm squeezing in my alcohol, and I haven't seen any progress for two weeks." I'm like. I think you need to take it out. <laughs> Don't copy me. Um, okay, so here is one question. Well, it's two questions, really. Um, this is from one of our girls who looks like a bodybuilder, and she's done it all with a set of dumbbells at home in lockdown. And I'm not joking. Like Emma will, Emma will confirm this. She's like genetics, and that, yeah, a super responder. A super responder, yeah. She's it's it's her genetics and her work ethic, and she's she's fantastic. And she's saying we're moving her now out of fat loss and into muscle building, but she's high risk, and so she can't get to the gym for at least another couple months. So she's saying building muscle muscle without access to really heavy weights, and by that I think she means like machinery stuff, um, and equipment that I should invest in. Um, for a home gym geared towards full body hypertrophy training what advice would you give to her what what equipment to invest in yeah if she she can't get to a gym for a few months and she really wants to grow some muscle now i'd say it's um it's got to be a barbell so i think if you're looking at looking at one of the, the easiest ways to put on um substantial muscle tissue you've got to be looking at doing compound exercises um and for that you can really effectively do it with a barbell um if you look at squat deadlift variations, floor press variations, um, overhead work. So all of the stuff that you can be using to, to target those, those big muscle groups, a barbell is, is, a, is one bit of kit that you can use straight off the bat. It's so versatile that it's one of those ones where you don't need a lot of space to store it. It can be used for dozens of different exercises. And it's one of those things where with the use of plates, you can manipulate the load on it really, really easily. I'd say one of the one of the biggest bits of advice I could give for people looking for hypertrophy gains rather than strength gains would be to definitely manipulate the time under tension probably more than you would think. So you can sacrifice um, load. So you don't have to go as heavy as you think you need to go as long as you're working through a full range of motion and the time under tension per set is between anywhere, I'd say between 40 and 70 seconds of tension. 
with around 70 to 85% of your max, like you'll be, you'll be smack bang in, in the zone of where you need to be from a hypertrophy point of view. So you don't need to necessarily go out and just lift all the big heavy weights straight away. <laughs> it's much better to, to focus on contraction, to focus on my muscle connection and to get the time under tension through the yeah. big compound moves than to necessarily just go and pick up heavy shit. What do you think, yeah. Emma? Is that, is, that, is that about right? <laughs> yeah, I agree. And I definitely think that you, you, you don't actually have to lift heavy weights. And actually you see a lot of bodybuilders when you, like I've trained with a lot of guys and like I can lift some of the weights they can lift. Or, or not mm -hmm. that uh, they can obviously lift more, but I mean, sometimes they train on weights that aren't particularly heavy and you're like, yeah. oh, that's a bit strange. But yeah, their form is perfect. And sometimes they don't lock out and things. So you're keeping yeah. that tension on. So I think that's a really good point. And then I would just add like going to failure, but mm -hmm. going to like good form failure. So yeah. not just, like crazy repping it out for the sake of it, but like really thinking about contracting that muscle and contracting that muscle to failure. That means you're going to recruit all the bigger motor units and then you're stimulating more of that muscle, which means more of that muscle is hopefully going to grow. As long as you feed it as well. I think that's going to be a big part for her is that even if her training stayed the same, that she's coming out of a deficit, she's increasing her protein a little bit, maybe, maybe she's looking at nutrient timing around her workout. She would probably grow from that alone. Yeah. But yeah, if we can increase her training, um, I guess like full training load as well, that would be good. Yeah, I think that the issue that we're having is that, yeah, she needs, she basically needs a holding for the bar. So we, we need to try and figure that out because obviously she can't load the squat from the floor if she's going to keep, yeah. she, she's got like, yeah. You can, it's, yeah. You can, if you're going to get a, um, you can get on online, you can get super cheap, um, those little rack stands that rack. can hold. Yeah, so you don't need you don't need to go and get a, invest in a full squat rack, but you can get the the racks if you're looking at just doing the squat variations. You can you can get those pins and you know you, they go in a garage or they go in a garden and you can crack on with it. You don't need to get a full power rack in. But then from a barbell point of view, you can do floor press, you can do deadlifts, yeah. you can do overhead work on a barbell, you can do row work on a barbell. There's you know arm work. There's so much you can do. Yeah. And actually, as soon as you said that and we're talking about it, I'm like, oh my God, like literally you could do everything on that. Everything. You can't really do. Although you can when you've got your little mini rack. Yeah, you're right. You can do um, pull-ups on it. Pulls, yeah. Pulls. You could do, uh, yeah, you could, there's literally, that is we've gone. Absolutely everything, like every movement. Everything. Yeah, we've gone through it all. Like we've gone through it all, and and I've, I've you know, she's looking at, at um, plates and bars now. Um, the only thing that we're that we are getting stuck on is the rack situation. But you're right, like you can get those. Like, I think actually, Deb, you sent me a photo of it. You can get those little like white. They're like pincers. Yeah, you exactly. Can, like, adjust the height. Yeah. So yeah, um, you're, you're on the, the right track. Is, I think within the next couple of weeks, when gyms open, there'll be quite a lot of secondhand stuff going. For sale, yeah, Everything I think so too. Morning. Now they're going to be like, "Oh, the gym's open. I don't want a squat rack in my living room." Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right on that. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, Ollie says, um, "I would like his thoughts on how to bulk correctly." So I guess he means adding mass, muscle mass. Um, first thing you've got to do is set up a small but significant calorie surplus. So it's one of those things where. People have always 
assume that bulking is going and just eating as much as you can, which is one way of doing it. It's what a lot of people call dirty bulking mm. um, because you just go in and you eat whatever you want and drink whatever you want and the, the calorie influx is, is fairly substantial. What will happen with that is there will be significant excess body fat put on, which for a lot of people, um, it, it messes with their motivation because they want to they want to see their physique getting better not worse and i think if you have a massive influx of calories very quickly then it, it does almost get a lot worse before it gets better so the first thing would be to set up a, a small but significant calorie surplus and then also um, probably take the volume of your training down so if you've been doing sort of classic um, bodybuilding splits and, and more endurance splits and stuff I would take it down and follow a really good progressive strength program of three to four times a week max focusing in on the big sort of compound lifts the squats the deads the bench the pulls the the presses so if you can if you can find a resistance program maybe starting strength maybe Jim Wendler's 531 something like that is is a really good way of stimulating your body to grow whilst giving it the, the calories that it needs. Also, there needs to be a base level of protein. So if you're, yeah. if you're looking at uh, increasing lean tissue and increasing tissue full stop, you want to be consuming two grams of protein per kilo body weight as a, as a minimum, keeping your hydration levels at around 0 0.04 liters per, per pound, that sort of stuff. So that, mm. you know, an average 80 kilo guy would be drinking three to four liters of water a day. That sort of stuff all helps just all the processes in your body just to function that little bit better. That's actually a way of putting hydration as well. So a lot of people are just like, everyone should drink three liters of water or something. And you're like, some people don't need that. Some people need more. And yeah, so that's mm -hmm. a very good measure. So the, so the way that I normally work it out for, for people is it's about 0 0.4 liters per kilo body weight. Is that and that kind of gives you your your base hydration level. So that's what I would give people if they're not training. And then for every uh, every fifteen minutes of intense exercise that they do, consume another two hundred and fifty mils. Yeah. So if you're training for an hour, add a liter. Yeah, I found that when I started to increase my water intake, which I did really steadily over a period of months and months and months and months, but my training. I, my training um, ability and capacity just got better and better and better and better. And I really, I, yeah, I, I'm really big on, on people monitoring their water. I know not everybody is, but I think um, it's really helpful, but don't do what my husband did. And he increased his water to like a ridiculous amount and he wasn't salting any of his food or having like any like electrolyte supplements. And he was just, he was just flushing out everything. Like he was like, why am I still dehydrated? And I was like, Oh my God. <laughs> So yeah, make sure that you, you bear that in mind. Could have been um, a lot worse. Like that could yeah, be really dangerous. If really you dangerous, I know. And I think part of the reason why it wasn't is because of his size. Yeah. I don't know where that came from. I don't know where he got that. I think it was and one he's of the He was, yeah, I know, he is salty, salty enough. Um, okay, I think we have time for one more question before we let you go, Sean. Um, so we'll go with, I'm if, struggling. If it, help, if it helps, Chloe. Because your Zoom your Zoom meeting has been upgraded, you're no longer restricted to forty minutes. I think, <laughs> I, think I, know, I think you can have forty five, maybe even fifty. No, I was aiming for forty five, but then you know sometimes Emma and I will go off on some kind of 
you know, tangent at the end and then it'll take us to 50. I'm protecting you. Trust me, you'll be here all night. <laughs> um, okay. Right. I'm struggling to get some consistency with workouts due to my mindset and time factors. So I'm flitting between heavy weighted body part split sessions and cardio on the cross trainer. I'm going to re-listen to the podcasts because um, I know that you talk about it there. Um, does it matter what workouts I do and how long I do them for, or does it matter that I just do something? Okay, so I think what she's saying is, if I'm stressed and I'm pressed for time, what is the most beneficial workout that I can do, is what she's, she's asking. Cool. So from, from my point of view, it's, it very much determ is determined by what her training outcome needs to be. So if she's using um, exercise as something to improve her health and well-being, fitness, uh, and just general mental health, et cetera, et cetera, then she needs to be focusing on exercise choices that are easy for her to do and that don't add to her stress load. So it seems like she, she gets a bit stressed out, um, doesn't necessarily know which direction she should be going. And so if she's using exercise as stress relief and for general health and well-being, then she should be doing the exercise that she enjoys the most. So going in there and, and picking an exercise. So if it's going on the cardio where she can switch off and listen to a podcast whilst generally moving, then do that. If it is doing weighted, you know, getting them doing a resistance circuit or doing doing a weights program, if she can if she can maintain that and it's not too neurologically challenging, then then do that. If she's very focused on achieving a specific goal, the training that she is doing, regardless of how much time she has and the consistency which she can do it, needs to be directed towards that training goal. So that's very specific. As in, if she wants to get stronger coming in and going on the cross trainer is not going to have any crossover in terms of that. So if she's doing it just for well-being and stress relief, brilliant, cross trainer, fill your boots. If she has any goal with regards to muscle, um, muscle tissue gains, sort of fat loss, that sort of stuff, strength gains, then there needs to be a direct correlation between what she's doing in the gym and the time she's allocating to it in order to get the, the adaptation and the response. Does that make sense? Absolutely. It, you're completely right. It's all about your she probably, goal. She probably just needs to write down what she wants to get out of it. Like, yeah. I'd say she just needs to have a, an honest conversation with herself and just ask the question of, why am I going to the gym? Mm -hmm. And if it's, I'm going to the gym because I want to change my physique or I want to get stronger or, you know, I have a very clear and focused goal, regardless of how much time you have, that time should be channeled towards that goal. If, it, if it's just a well-being and a stress relief thing, go in there and do what makes you happy. So Great advice. So many people, and I think I've been guilty of this as well, is that you're just, you forget what your goal is or you almost just, it becomes a routine to go to the gym and you're like, actually, what am I doing here? And do I want, and it's fine to, like you say, it's fine to just be like, I enjoy going to the gym. That's why I'm going. Like it, it makes me feel good. That's absolutely fine. But if you're, thinking that you want to build muscle or something and yet your training doesn't, isn't the process to get you there. So yeah, I think like assessing yourself, knowing what your goal is and then working backwards from there, like what are the processes I need to do to get me to Definitely a good yeah. thing to do, especially actually, obviously when you're starting out, but also when you've been doing it a while, 
Oh, yeah. Yes. Get into like, oh, yeah, this is what I do. And it's like, why am I doing this? Yeah. And I, I also feel like I, my body, I've gained much more muscle in the last two years than I ever did in the, like, so well. Obviously, it's harder for me now because I've been training for nine years. But in reaching out to different coaches and getting different plans has had such a huge benefit on my physique. And if you get stuck in a pattern and you get stuck in a habit, you probably aren't really going to progress. Sometimes you need to try something different and like change, switch the whole game up for a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly, that's exactly the conversation I had with myself in December last year was like, I'm a little bit bored of the training I've always been doing. So that's what, that's what made me. And as Emma said earlier, bodybuilders are a lot weaker than they look. Cause if you, if you, if you, constantly train for bodybuilding you're working at a lower percentage of your maximum so I was I was weaker than I should have been or I was certainly weaker than I looked and so for me it was a case of change the goalposts, go for a strength training cycle and just put your focus in on that and it's it's amazing what even that conversation of where do I want to be work backwards from there let's put together a plan what it does for your motivation is is incredible like I've never been more motivated in the gym and I've ever been over the last six months, it's because I had a, a goal I wanted to hit with my squat numbers and my deadlift numbers and my bench press numbers. And that's just so different to how I've trained for the last 10 years. Yeah, Emma, Emma you're really big on performance goals, aren't you? And I think it oh, is so motivating. I, I yeah. also think that, um, well, one, for, especially for women and, and men as well, but it takes away from that like obsession with the scale weight. So you've yeah. got something else that you're progressing towards. But I will say, like, Sean's like the elite of like you can have both. As in, <laughs> like, why do you laugh? You are. <laughs> you are yeah, if you're listening, I'll and you're like, it. oh, I'll should I train for my physique or for my strength? You can probably do both. Like, I can definitely do both. If I in- increase my yeah. strength now, I will increase my physique. But when you're at sort of a top level and you've been doing it a long time, it it can be that you need to sort of change which way you're going. Whereas if you're like, oh, yeah. I've been training for eight weeks now. Should I train for strength or physique? Like you can do both and you can get both and you should yeah. be doing both. Yeah, I think that's great advice. Um, all right, Emma, do you have anything that you want to end on? Or Sean, do you have anything you want to leave everybody with? Um, I would say from, from a point of view of people going back to the gym, it's kind of like this has been the perfect opportunity for a lot of people to press reset on numerous aspects of their lives, whether it's a work thing that you've managed to, you know, restructure the way you work so that it's bringing you more well, well-being, whether it's, you know, you've managed to change your training and you're, you're, you've taken a break from the routine of a gym and you've found a new skill or you've taken up a new hobby. I'd say a lot of people are very doom and gloom over the last four months, but I think it's certainly been a chance for a lot of people to press reset. And I think that can be equally applied and applicable to the gym environment so you know when you go back to the gym whenever you feel comfortable to do that go in there with a fresh pair of eyes and a fresh love for it because you know there's a reason why you you know people love training and people love going to the gym in the first place and it's kind of like it's going to be a bit like that january feeling when you go into a gym and there's that enthusiasm and i would just say embrace it and enjoy it like go in there and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Go in there and just soak up the gym banter and get, get the feeling of the kettlebells in your hands again. And, you know, just go in there and, and really remember why you fell in love with the gym in the first place. 
and see if you can see if you can take your time and and grow in a different way than what you maybe thought you were going to. Oh, oh I love that. That was so good. So profound, profound gym talk. I think it's like a lot of people think about what's been a priority to them in lockdown and what maybe is and what isn't and what changes they can make going back out. So I would say to people, not just for the gym, but coming out of lockdown, don't just fall back into the same things that weren't making you happy before. Like now is a time to be like, okay, I've realized that that wasn't making me happy or that these things really were. And I think yeah. that's been something that a lot of people have realized during this time. Yeah, I think there's been a lot of really good things that have come out of lockdown. And, you know, things like um, letting old people and vulnerable people use a supermarket first. And, <laughs> you know what I mean, clapping for the NHS. And there's a lot of things that I think people can take from lockdown that we would, you know, we almost took for granted. And it's almost like old fashioned decency and respect and gratitude kind of, it was almost like that wartime spirit that the, the sort of English community remembered from being in lockdown. And I think if we can take some of that forward and like with all aspects of our life, you know, really have a look at what we enjoyed about lockdown, what, what changed for us about lockdown and then carry that forward so we don't just forget everything and go back to the way it was. I think that could be really positive. Yeah. And just appreciating everything, like appreciating being able to go and yeah. see people. Like that's, that's a biggie. It's, I went for dinner last night and I, it's the first time like I've been for dinner with friends in months. And I was just like, had the biggest grin on my face all night. I was like, so happy, joyful. And it's amazing. Soho in London, they've pedestrianized all of it. So you can't drive anywhere because all of the restaurants and bars have had to take everything outside. And it's like a street party. And I swear to God, what I'm going to say sounds like the wankiest thing in the world, but the air, I swear to God, the air is like thick with like joy. And it's really like, you know, when you go to a marathon and people are like cheering everybody on, like the guy in the banana suit, they don't know. They're like, go on, Dave. And you can feel it. Like, and it makes you feel like you're finally proud to be a human. And that's what it was like in London last night. And I was just like, oh, this is amazing. I think there are some wonderful, as Sean and Emma have both said, lessons to be learned from this whole thing and appreciation of how fucking good we have it is one of them. Yeah, oh, we're a lucky, lucky what a way lot. to end and thank you so much for coming on yeah thank you sean guys sean is so busy you have no idea and i like i'm so grateful that you said hey, yes he was like if it helps you guys out i'll come on i was Aww. like it's always fun to have a bit of a natter anyway i love i love a good catch-up and a good bit of bounce yeah i know so so do we so do we all right sean i'll let we'll let you go um lots of love and see you soon hopefully cheers i'll come, I'll I'll come down to the gym we are open as of tomorrow so you're both more than welcome Amazing. All right. See you later, guys. Lots of love.